This conference will now be recorded. Hey everybody, how's it going? My name is Claire Bartlett. I'm the USTA Southern Tennis Service Representative for Tennessee, and you're watching the show Me and My Racket. It's a show about tennis industry professionals sharing their passion, purpose, and connecting over the sport we all know and love. Today on the show, we have University of Memphis coaches Hayden Perez and Ryan Haymond. How are y'all doing? Good. Yeah, well, Thanks for having us. Good, good. Well, um, both of you, I want to introduce you. Um, so I'm going to read your bios. So to our viewers and listeners, Hayden Perez is the women's tennis coach at the University of Memphis and has been since 2014. He is a three-time ITA Central Region Assistant Coach of the Year, and he has been on the coaching staff of teams that made seven NCAA championship appearances. Prior to Memphis, he was the associate head coach at Texas Tech University and Nebraska. As a player, Hayden played for Cameron University, where he achieved a number 17 ranking in singles and earned a USTA top five national ranking in men's opens doubles. And then Ryan Haymond is the Tigers associate head coach, and he has been at Memphis since 2014 as well. He previously served as the director of tennis at the Germantown Country Club and the director of junior tennis at the Memphis Country Club. Ryan played collegiately at the University of Texas from 2000 to 2004, where he finished in the top 10 in doubles victories in school history. Ryan has won three gold balls in his playing career, and in 2004, he earned his first ATP point on the tour. Hayden, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. How are y'all doing? What's been going on in Memphis lately, this summer and, and up now? <laughs> Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> uh, we not, like I was telling you, Claire, we haven't been doing much at all, honestly. Uh, you know, we um, our season got shut down early in March, and uh, we were told we weren't allowed to to practice with our players. Uh, and so we have had a very extended summer, that's for sure. Um, and I think we're not going to be able to pick back up with them until the first of September. So uh, it's been a, it's definitely been a change, a slow summer for us. Um, my family, personally, we've been um, really pretty strict with with quarantining. Um, so we haven't we haven't done a whole lot, haven't seen a lot of folks. Um, I do, I'm I'm able to get out of the house and play some golf, and so that's where I, I get to enjoy myself. Hayden and I have done that a few times. Uh, yeah. But other than that, it has, it has been slow. What about you, Hayden? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's funny. It's a tale of two two sides. There, it's it's, it's um on on court has been slow. We have not been on court obviously since March and and allowed to work with our players. It's kind of been, you know, uh, a little disappointing in that regard, but understandable given the conditions. Um, so as far as on the court, spending hours, you know, grinding with kids, even even during the summer months. Uh, that's that hasn't happened, um, but we've definitely stayed busy. Um, there's there's a lot of things behind the scenes that have to be done. I think Ryan, uh, he's he's definitely a grinder out there. He's still recruiting constantly over the internet, uh, you know, and, and taking care of things within our our department that that need to be taken care of and and formulating plans, you know, for the yeah. pandemic and getting back on the. There's a lot of things that are keeping us busy, just not not on the court. Um, and then Ryan and I, he mentioned it. We both uh, enjoy golf and have played together, you know, quite a few times over the summer. Just um, it's one of those we. It's similar to tennis. I think it's a non-contact sport. You can get out there safely, social distance, and uh, and so. Um, but over the summer, I've spent a lot of time with my family. Um, I made a comment to some friends recently that uh, this is the first summer and 
you know, 20 years that, that I've been home because we're, yeah. we're usually really busy with recruiting and we're gone. And, you know, my family was able to take me on a couple small vacations to places they've always been to, but I haven't been able to join because of traveling yeah. and being busy during the summer. So um, I think a lot of people think uh, our schedules are strictly with the academic calendar that we go, mm-hmm. you know, August through May. But actually, we're quite busy through, you know, June and, and August normally. Yeah. So it's been a pleasant uh, downtime, uh, but I am looking forward to getting back with the kids eventually. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, good deal. Well, so I want to get into um, your all's like tennis stories and your journey and how you first got into the sport and, you know, your playing careers and now, you know, your coaching careers up until now. So, Hayden, do you want to want to give us some insight into that? And then Ryan, we'll go after you. Yeah, sure. This this goes back a ways. Uh, but I um, I started my mom. My parents were divorced and uh, and I you know spent the summers with my mom when I when I was living with my dad. And, and one summer um, my mom, you know, couldn't couldn't find a fourth for her normal, you know, doubles match that she would have like once a week. And, and so she said, Hayden, you know, come on, you're, you're an athlete, come join us in tennis. And I, I knew nothing about tennis. I had never touched a racket and I joined these, these ladies for, um, as their fourth. And I instantly just loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I had a great time and enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty competitive. So I, I think if I recall, we might've lost that first match. And, and oh, no. even though I never touched a racket in my life, I was really, I was upset by it. And uh, yeah. at the time I had a little bit of a temper too. So I, I was not happy about it at my, you know, pouted, told my mom, I didn't like it and everything. This was about, I think I was 14 years old. And yeah. so I started kind of late, but um, I just absolutely enjoyed it and started playing a little bit. I went, returned after the summer to Abilene, Texas. And that's where my dad was living. I, I was living with him and tennis was huge there. I just had no idea because I'd grown up playing soccer my entire life. And Abilene, yeah. Texas is actually a really big tennis town. And so I tried out for my um, high school team and there were hundreds of kids that tried out. You know, I think it gets wow. lost sometimes. Some of these big Texas programs have hundreds and hundreds of kids. And um, I remember losing my first tryout match in a 6-0, 6-0. I was they had a freshman team, a sophomore team, a JV team, a varsity team. I was at the very bottom of the barrel. I mean, I was, you know, terrible. And um, this, the assistant coach for the program took me under her wing. Her name's Kim Gidley, and she's um, the head tennis coach at the United States Air Force Academy to, to this day. And she took, took me under her wing, gave me a lot of lessons. I kind of progressed quickly and, um, you know, stuck with it ever since. Had um offers obviously for college and enjoyed uh, my college experience. I chose to go to, to Collin County Community College for two years. And then at a community college, you, you have to transfer. So I transferred to Cameron University, a division two program in uh, Oklahoma and finished my career there. And, um, you know, no regrets whatsoever. It was just a, a great path for me. Both were relatively yeah. small schools. And so I, I, you know, had this kind of um, this camaraderie with your other athletes and and people there. So it was both of them were under 6,000 students and it was just kind of great and uh, met my wife there. So I can't complain about about my path and journey that took me there. Um, And then ever since then, I've just had a passion for for coaching and and I still like to compete uh, to this day. In fact, 
my wife recently got into tennis and we're playing like a league together and mixed doubles and oh, um, I'm, I'm happy to happen. But that's how it all got started. And, and here I am yeah. today. So Ryan's yeah. got a much better story. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to let him tell, tell his. Uh, definitely not better, but just, I mean, it couldn't be more opposite probably to, to be fair. Uh, you know, I, I started at a really young age. My, my dad was a, was a teaching pro. Um, so I started when I was four or five, um, you know, he just worked with me as, at a, as a youngster. When I got to be about 10, started going and, and seeing some different coaches while remaining with, with my dad and everything, but um, really kind of came up through the junior USTA path and, and ranks and, um, you know, worked hard at that, had a great coach who was a former top top 10 player in the world, won the French Open a couple times in doubles and a um, guy named Hank Fister. Uh, he's a big USTA guy. And uh, so anyways, I went down that path and, and got into college at the University of Texas, played there. And um, and then my fifth year of school, we were on a five-year kind of scholarship program there. And so my fifth year, I was exhausted of my eligibility uh, but I still had some school to do. And, and as I was finishing up school, I got in touch with some local clubs in Austin and uh, just started teaching at a club there that I, that I really liked and um, quickly found out that I wanted to kind of do what my dad did and was a teaching pro. And it came very natural to me. Um, and, I, and I love teaching other people the game. And so I started doing that. It was really in the country club business for about 12 years um and, and for a long time you know college coaching was, was not even really on my radar yeah. and uh and i wanted to work my way up become a, a director of tennis and, and just really go down that path and and so i did that and i kind of bounced around went to a, a few clubs and uh found my way to to memphis where my wife is from and uh you know worked at a couple clubs here uh, and then it was it was really interesting. Um, I got into college coaching in a much different way than, than Hayden did as well, um, you know, and probably a lot different way than, than most people do. Um, and I wish I had gotten into it a lot earlier uh, just because of how much I love it. But basically we Hayden and I had a mutual friend and he kind of put us in contact. And um, I don't think we even realized who each other were at, at the time. Yeah. And I didn't realize he was going to be the University of Memphis coach. And and I knew the previous coach had, had left, but I didn't think much of it. And uh, so we get in contact and he, he says, you know, Hayden's like, hey, I need, I need an assistant, you know. Uh, and, you know, so I said, hey, I'd love to talk to you about it. And, and so we met one day and, and had a great conversation. And, and that, was, that was it. So um, seven years later, we're together. And, and my biggest regret, I think one of my biggest regrets in life at the moment, although I'm not a big believer in having, having regrets, but, uh, <laughs> it's just that I didn't, I didn't get into college coaching from day one. You know, a lot of people get into it right out of college and, and they yeah. can really build a great career and a great path. Um, I was a little late and, uh, but here I am and yeah. I'm just enjoying it every single day. So, uh, yeah. really loving it. Hayden and I have a great time. And I yeah. uh, couldn't have asked for a, for a better situation. So Yeah, well, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, good deal. Well, um, so and Ryan and I were talking a little bit about this before, um, you know, before we start recording. But what is the fall going to look like for you all now? Because I know, you know, it's obviously not a typical time. And, um, you know, usually everybody's playing fall tournaments and gearing up. So what what is that kind of going to look like for you all? Hayden, you want to? 
Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll jump in. I think um, it, it's going to be very different. You know, we're currently kind of setting up some some protocols, some some actions we need to take on a daily basis as, as you know, safety issues and, and making sure, you know, we're going to have a situation where we're taking the kids temperature every day as they arrive at practice um, safely on the court. I think as we have like team meetings and stuff, we can social distance enough that, that we probably don't need masks in some, uh, you know, circumstances, but in others, you know, the kids will have to wear masks as we're meeting if we're getting, you know, close together and just just adhering to the the, you know, city, state, school uh, <laughs> protocol that we have for safety measures. That's going to be a very different feel um, and as far as tournaments and everything goes. You know, our fall has traditionally been fairly light. We kind of compete anywhere from between three to, to five tournaments. So um, having those taken away from us recently, our, our conference decision to not um, you know, compete in the fall. It will be different, uh, but the training aspect, I think we're going to get into a good routine. We're, we're the situation we're looking at right now is we're going to go Monday through Friday. Um, we're going to go pretty intense and go pretty hard and then give them Saturday and Sunday to recover and, uh, and, you know, recoup and be ready to go again the next week. But we're going to also be creative in terms of competing. We'll do some, some inner squad stuff, you know, develop some tournaments within the team, maybe some round robins and, and different formats to keep that you know, competitive edge. Um, and then I think we're still just awaiting a little bit of news. Uh, a lot of different conferences and different institutions are handling playing unattached and playing tournaments outside of school differently. So we're still awaiting it kind of, I think an announcement fr from our administration, but you know, once that comes through, I think that's gonna be exciting. I think our kids will be able to compete and play uh, in tournaments, maybe near Memphis, you know, things that are available to them. Um, yeah. I don't know, Ryan, did you have anything you wanna to add to that? Or? No, I mean, that's it. It's just going to be very, very different. I think one of our biggest tasks will be um, just managing maybe some of the boredom from from the players. You know, they're used to they're used to competing, you know, and that's what they came here for. And um, so I think there's going to be a little there's obviously a little disappointment uh, in that regard. And and we have a great freshman class coming in. There's going to be four of them and just kind of getting them to, to realize, hey, this this isn't normal. You know, it's frustrating. Yeah. You know, you thought you were going to get to come here and compete and play and you're not getting to. And so it's just kind of massaging those feelings and emotions a little bit and uh, getting through getting through this semester. And and hopefully we'll turn a corner and, and, and we'll be back at it in the spring. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, so now, you know, as you both have had playing careers and, and your coaches, you've had experience on both sides. And so I want you all to talk just a little bit about, you know, your insight now, like coaching, you know, since you, you've been a player and like what you personally, like your philosophy and what you try to instill in your players. So, Hayden, do you want to talk on that? Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's a it's a big hurdle. It's it's uh, it's it's something that uh, that we tr we try to really impress on our kids, and that is to compete fearlessly, um, to play fearless. We try to teach them, um, you know, that we love and care for them regardless of the result. And so when they go out there and give us their their best effort um, and compete fearlessly without fear, um, then they're going to have the most success and potentially reach you know to to reach their potential. And so we focus a lot on on you know, um, them working on what they can control, what they, they can control their attitude, they can control their effort, they can control their sportsmanship. When they really master that, um, you know, that is something that I think will, will allow them to reach their potential. And that's something for, for me, I took up the game pretty late. And so, you know, when I took it up at 14, some of the kids I was competing against, they had already been playing for 10, some of them 10 years, you know, since they were four years old. 
And so I didn't have the, the forehand that was as good. I didn't have the backhand that was as good as them, right? But I, I really, Kim really impressed on me the importance of the mental side of things and, you know, belief, little self-belief issues. But, yeah. and what I mean by that is like, you know, for instance, I tell this story all the time with my kids. I try to tell them, share this with them. But when I first learned to kick serve, right? I, my coach said, Hey, you've got to hit this kick serve even in competition. So I'd go out there in competition and hit the kick serve. And guess what? I double faulted more than I should, right? I would double fault a game away. I would lose games. I would potentially lose matches, you know, all the way from points to games, to sets, to matches because I was, but if I stayed with it, eventually it turned the corner. It got better. It got better. It got better. But if I backed out and I said, I'm just going to hit my slice serve, I'm not going to hit, I'm going to hit the comfortable serve I'm comfortable with you know, then I'm not going to improve. And so I really try to stress that on some of our kids is you're going to go through some changes. We're going to ask some things of you that will make you uncomfortable. Um, but if you stick with it, then it's going to get you through to a better place and, and raise your game. And so I think for me, it's it's really about, you know, focusing on things you can control and just trying to get this group to be fearless each and each and every year. And and every year changes. You have new kids coming in, you get kids leaving, and you're just trying to instill those same things. And so that's what I try. Yeah. Ryan? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big words that comes to me is uh, is kind of having a, a big picture philosophy, you know, and um, it ties in a little bit to what Hayden was talking about as far as playing fearless. And, and really what what how I take that is, 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 you know, if you're working on something in practice, you know, you got to you got to commit to it and, and be willing to fail a little bit uh, in order to, to succeed. And I can remember, I think Hayden kind of grew up in, a, in this. This is where we have a little bit of similarity in this and that we both kind of grew up as serving volleyers. Um, yeah. And so he learned this game and to, to play as a serving volleyer. I did as well. I remember the first time I ever had a lesson with, with the coach that kind of brought me through the junior ranks. And uh, he sat me down. I don't know. I was like 12 years old. And he said, you know, what, what's, what's your goal with tennis? And we hadn't hit a ball yet. This is the first lesson. And, and we sit down and he's, what, what's your goal? And I said, this is a little ambitious looking back at it, but I said, uh, I want to be the number one serving volleyer in the world. And he looked at me. And, you know, I don't know what was going through his head. I, he must have thought I was crazy. And he goes, well, we got a lot of work to do then, you know. And, uh, and so we got after it. And that was the game style that I committed to at, at a, as a 12-year-old. You know, and so I was 13, 14 and just losing like crazy, you know, but I was committed to, to serving and volleying and, and chipping and charging off returns. And this is this is how I was going to play. And I was committed to it. And I remember, you know, at 13 years old on, on the drive home uh, from a tennis tournament. And my mom was like, you know, why, why are you doing this? You're losing every match. You know, if you just stay back on the baseline and put a few balls in, you could probably win. You know, and uh, and bless her heart, she wasn't really a tennis player. Uh, yeah. so she, I don't think she quite understood what I was doing. But, um, yeah. you know, looking back at it, it was just about, hey, you know, I, I know where I want to be when I'm 18 years old. You know, I, I'm 12 and 13 now. I don't care if I lose. I was I was totally cool with losing at like 12 and 13 years old. And I don't see I don't think you see that a lot. And, and we don't see that a lot with our with our players on our team. I mean, they come in and they want to win. And, and so it's about getting them to buy into something that you're coaching, that you're saying, and, and telling them, hey, it might take going one step backwards to go two step forwards. And and it's it's getting them to say, I'm okay with that, you know. And, and when they when they kind of let their guard down, they say, okay, I can I can stomach going six months with struggling with something and knowing that in a year 
it, it's going to improve me a, a lot more. And so yeah. it's kind of seeing, getting that big picture feeling for, for the players that I think is, is a big part of what I try to coach and what I try to get our players to buy into. And that's something that we talk about a lot as a coaching staff with our team is just buying into the message that we're delivering. Because uh, if there's any doubt, then it's then it's never we're never going to see the achievement that we want to. But if, if they really buy into it and say, hey, I think I really believe in what coach is saying, um, then we, we can achieve great things. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, so as you all mentioned, you've coached together for a long time now, and I was just wondering if you all have any particular memories or, you know, moments that stand out to you coaching together and then, you know, any any um, successes with the team. So, Ryan, you want to you wanna take this one first? Sure. Uh, you know, it's funny. Most of my memories so far have really come from off-the-court stuff. I mean, I just really enjoy I, – I love the, the, the times that we get to travel with our team and build the relationships. And, and some of my fondest memories are, you know, like we were – we were in New York City up playing Columbia and um, we were we were in the middle of Chinatown and we went to a Chinese restaurant and we had to like a 30 or 45 minute wait. And it was like we were out. It was like late at night. It was dark. And we were like in this alley, small street. And there was a bunch of people out there waiting to get in. And we were just goofing around and having a great time. And, and that was just it was just nothing really happened that made it so memorable, but it was just that experience. And just, oh, yeah. you know, this is, this is a cool place to be. I'm with uh, some really fun people and it was just experiences like that. A few years ago, I was down in Florida uh, with a team or with about four girls on the team at a fall event. And we went to the beach and they happened to have this like sandcastle exhibition going on. And it was like oh, wow. six foot, six foot sandcastles. <laughs> People had been there for a week building these things. All the professionals had like hoses out and they were hosing their sandcastle. Yeah. And they brought a truck out with all the tools. And it was like this really massive production. You had to pay money to go see the ex exhibit. And that was just super cool. And our kids loved yeah. it. We were walking through sandcastles and taking pictures and, oh, yeah. um, you know, going going to Rodeo Drive out in L.A. and, and doing, oh, yeah. doing just those kind of things. And, and I think one of the biggest things that we can provide for our kids is, is an experience. I mean, at the end of the day, we're here to coach and to get our kids better. And, and a lot of them have goals to play professional tennis. And that, that's our number one duty. But at the same time, it's about giving them an experience. You know, these this is quite potentially going to be the, the best four years of their life. And, yeah. and, and for a lot of kids that are coming, especially internationals, which we have so much in our sport, they want to come here and experience the culture and the environment and have. So when we travel, we try to incorporate some fun things to do on the side. And we do a lot of sightseeing and we just try to provide a real fun experience. And, and, and so that's where a lot of my memories come from. I do have some on court ones as well, uh, but I'll let, I'll let Hayden share some of his. <laughs> well, I think that's funny. I think that would have been my, my same answer is just that so many of the life experiences that they go through and the things that we can share with the kids off the off the court is that's where the real I think learning sometimes comes from but also just the experience that that we get to provide to them is just a blast everywhere we go I think personally with Ryan um, I have a great time with some of his uh, idiosyncrasies and and um, you know Ryan's a little bit of a, a hypochondriac so, so I like to have a fun with that you know if he thinks something something's wrong I like to give him give him a hard time about that but we really have a good bond. Uh, you know, Ryan is, is more than than just uh, my associate head coach. He's, he's a great friend. We've developed a great friendship over these past seven years. And so 
you know, some, some of the memories just he and I take place on the golf course, you know, and, and yeah. quite frankly, we're, we're talking tennis on the golf course. I mean, we're, we're going right. out there, but then we're talking yeah. business and we're going yeah. over, you know, scenarios about the kids and how do we think we could develop this kid better? Or what do you, we think about practice? And we're not just playing golf. We're actually kind of talking work and, and bonding a little bit. So yeah. I think that's, that's always been fun, but you know, Ryan has just been a tremendous asset and uh, to me for the program. And so, I've just enjoyed every moment. Um, I think we complement each other a little bit. There's, there's sometimes, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I think, laid back, and Ryan can kind of sometimes be a little bit more, I don't know, you know, uh, I don't, uptight's probably the wrong word, but he brings me back. He brings me back. You know, I bring him back down a little bit because he's thinking about something too much, and I say, so just, just be yeah, mellow <laughs> yeah, out, it'll be fine. And then vice versa, the other way. Sometimes I'm very uptight about things. There's there's a few things I do get uptight about, and he's like, hey, just take a step back, take a deep yeah. breath. And so we kind of complement each other well, and and it's been a good, it's been fun kind of this forging this relationship. So yeah, awesome, well, cool. Can you well, still hear me? It's, it's uh, raining out here pretty heavy now. Are, can you still hear me okay? Yeah, we can okay. hear you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, so do y'all have any suggestions, you know, for people looking to get into the tennis industry and hey, even in college tennis, um, you know, do you have any advice or best practices for them? Brian, you want to you wanna go? Yeah. I mean, I think just be kind of like any job is proactive and in, in what you're looking for. I think, you know, nobody's, nobody's going to come uh, pick up a phone and call you if you're just sitting on the couch and offer you a job, you know? So, uh, for me, you know, like my experience was perhaps a little unique, but um, but what it took was just I knew I wanted to get into the college coaching business. I mean, not college coaching, but but just coaching tennis business. Right, right. And, and I, I literally picked up the phone and and called every club in the city of Austin and I drove out and just um, put my face out there and just said, hey, I'm looking I'm looking for a job. You know, if, even if you can afford me 10 hours a week on the court, I'll, I'll do it. And. Yeah. Um, and so I just built that relationship and, and, and tried to put my face out there. Um, and, and it was, it was fairly easy. I think when you, when you put that effort into it, um, it is easy. It's, it's what we tell a lot of recruits, you know, it's, you know, recruits ask all the time, how can I be seen? Well, you know, send an email to a coach, be proactive, send the video, you know, and so uh, we're not always going to just go find you. And I, and I think as a, as a teaching pro, that's a little bit just what you have to do is just uh, be assertive, uh, call, yeah. call clubs, um, connect with people, uh, and just do your best to, to try to find that position that you want. So, yeah. Hayden, your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, just a you know, teeny bit more background first that, you know, I, I, when I got out of college, I was a teaching pro as well for just a short amount of time, a couple of years. And, and then I worked for the USTA. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I was the director of player development for the Intermountain yeah. section for a few years. And it, what those two practices really gave me or experiences, they just gave me an idea, different parts of the industry, right? I think there's a lot of parts to this industry. So if you uh, enjoy tennis, you know, like I fell in love with it and became passionate about, there's, there's a place for you. It doesn't have to be college coaching. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, teaching. Uh, it, it can be, there's different areas sales and and being a sales rep to a racket company to stringing yeah. rackets to working at a tennis shop there's there's just so many different areas of the industry you know the usta claire you're you're probably loving what you're doing right now and, and yeah. working for the usta southern and you find your niche and you find what you're passionate about uh it's obviously tennis but there's a place within the industry you know that fine so find something that you're really passionate about if it's not teaching yeah. maybe it's it's you know running 
uh, a show. Maybe it's, it's like I said, sales of some kind, but um, just find what you love to do and, and follow that. You know, this was my third, I would say, job, if you will, in the industry. And I found what I love to do. So uh, yeah. just follow your heart once you kind of find what you want to do. Like Ryan, like I said, this wasn't his first, you know, deal either, but now he's found what he likes to do. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I would, I would add that if there is anybody who's in college or even high school or they, they think they want to get into college coaching, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier. I would, I would just dive into it as, as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a great job and, and uh, I love it. And I think, like I said, I wish I had done it instead of maybe going into the club route, you know, getting into college coaching right off the bat. And uh, so if there's anybody yeah. that's thinking about doing it, that's out there, you know, dive into yeah. it. Get it get asked to be a volunteer. Uh, I'd say that's one thing for college coaching. That's kind of the yeah. pathway right now is that um, a lot of times coaches will will start by becoming a volunteer at, at, a, at a university. And then um, yeah. and then from there, finding an assistant job and, and then transitioning to to the head coach job. So that's probably the pathway. Yeah, for sure. Well, so if you all were to go back, like you were able to time travel and, you know, be younger versions of yourselves and like be making, you know, face that big college decision. And I know you both, you know, you went to big school and small school. So um, what would you tell, you know, juniors now about, you know, making that big decision? Hayden, you want to go? Or, or Ryan? Sure. Sorry. Yeah, it's like, I think uh, we both have kind of slightly different stories, you know, backgrounds in that regard. But if I were going back, uh, it's the same thing I, I tell recruits, you know, and that to this day is I think you've w when we're doing the recruiting process, it's about, you know, building that relationship, identifying, you know, traits in that person that, that you like. And and, you know, we recognize right away in recruits what they're interested in and what what is important. Um, and then they kind of, you know, they do the same thing. They identify what what we feel is important to us. But the idea is the coaching relationship. You're going to be spending, you know, five to seven days a week with this person for four years. And so you really just want to make sure that you um, understand that person and you, you know, believe in the same things that they do and finding that match uh, from a coach. I think a lot of institutions and schools are pretty similar. You know, the degrees that you're getting, the, um, the environment that you'll be in, they're all pretty similar, but every coach is a little unique. You know, their style, their communication skills, um, their teaching, things like that. And so once I would say, you know, really pay a lot of attention to that coach, take your time getting to know them and then make your decision. Yeah. Ryan. Yeah. yeah and I think obviously that's a, that's a huge part of it. Uh, finding that relationship, that bond with a coach that, that works. The other part that I think is important is, kind of really analyzing and being honest with yourself as a player. You know, I think a lot of kids um, really want to reach for the stars when, when trying to find an institution to go to. And um, they're maybe not always super realistic with themselves, you know? And, and so uh, I'll, for myself, as an example, I, I was a good junior um, and I chose to go to a, a school that was, that was a great, you know, tennis school. Um, mm -hmm. And, if, if there was any regret at all, as far as that was, you know, when I first started there, I was really struggling to make the lineup, you know, and um, here I was, thought myself was a pretty good junior, um, thought I'd have no problem. And then I get in there and I'm like, wow, everybody here is really, really good. Really good. Um, <laughs> and so it was like, you know, my freshman year was an adjustment and it was a struggle. Um, and so, you know, I, I eventually worked my way in there and I was playing and I was, I was doing fine, but 
But looking back at that, you know, I asked myself, could I have potentially made it a little different decision where I could have gone into a program and instead of struggling and making it tough on myself my first year, maybe I went somewhere that wasn't as highly ranked, but I was getting in and I was playing three or four right off the bat. My, my position in the lineup was never a question. It was never in doubt. Um, you know, half the time my freshman year when I did get to play, I was so scared that if I lost, I was going to get yanked out. And there's all this pressure and that's not the best environment. Right. And so I think with our kids or with, with the juniors that are coming up, I think they got to really say, look at a lineup. And that's where UTR has really been so helpful. And that's a new development, obviously in the last five, six years where kids can really have an honest evaluation of themselves plus the team and say, Hey, if I go on this team, looks like I'm going to fit around here. And that's probably going to be a healthy spot for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and every kid's different. So some kids want to go to a school where maybe they're going to play one or two and they're going to be that top dog. And and that's important for them. Other kids, they want to go and just make the lineup or they, they, some kids want to go and just get a scholarship and just be happy to be part of it, you know? So everybody's Mm -hmm. got a different motive. And I think, so whatever a kid is, what they're doing, they got to look at themselves and say, what's important for me? Do I want to go there and potentially struggle to make the lineup or do I want to go somewhere that's not as good and, and be in, you know? And so I think answering that question is obviously super important. Yeah. Well, so who switching gears a little bit, who have been your mentors along the way? Um, Hayden, you want to, you want to start? Sure. Um, I think that there's two that really stand out to me, and, and that's obviously Kim Gidley, who I, who I mentioned earlier, head coach at the United States Air Force Academy. I've known Kim now for uh, the majority of my life now, and you know she's someone who's just been super important to me. She's attended my high school graduation, college graduation, my wedding. You know she's wow. just been a huge part of my life and influenced me in so many ways, both on and off the court. Honestly, um, unselfish person. Um, and really taught me taught me the game and the mental side of things, which was was obviously a huge component and, and super important. So I've always valued that from her, and we just have this uh, this amazing relationship that uh, will continue, you know, for the rest of my life. And the second one is, is Scott Jacobson, head coach at the University of Nebraska. He's been uh, I worked for him for for over eight years, and we just uh, side by side just had a tremendous you know, time. He, he taught me so much about, he, he's probably been the single biggest influence on, I think, how, how I coach and maybe demeanor yeah. and, and uh, you know, just on court kind of presence. Just, uh, you know, we never really got to, and I think I still hold this to this day, I don't really get too up and down on the court. You won't see me, you know, shaking my head when a kid misses a shot and you won't see me jumping up and down when they make an important shot. Just kind of yeah. providing this level of calm there and emotional stability for them when they when they look at you and so I've just um, he's been a, a tremendous influence on, on me and and uh, the love and and caring environment that he provided not only for me but the players uh, that he's coached throughout the years has been just a big influence for me so those are the two that stand out for me Ryan who you got buddy yeah um, I'll, I'll add on to that I've got three um, I would say obviously I one of the big ones for me in just in tennis was my dad who kind of got me started, um, you know, from a young age, I remember being on the court with him at, you know, five, six years old and, and um, just, you know, hitting for towards targets with lollipops in them. And, and yeah. he just, I think really gave me an environment where I love the game and he made it fun um, and continued that for, for my whole career. And so I really am appreciative of that. Um, and then also my, my, 
my I would call my private coach growing up, Hank Fister, who I've mentioned, um, was was just a, a fabulous storyteller. And I learned so much yeah. from him, um, you know, his stories on the pro tour and, and the philosophy behind what it kind of took to get to that level um, taught me the dedication um, and the work ethic, I think from that, as well as the strategy behind the, the mentality of, of how to achieve success. Um, and so for, for, for those reasons, uh, I'm extremely thankful for him. Um, and then as far as my, my current profession, obviously, I think Hayden, you know, I came into this career blind. Uh, I had no idea what college coaching really was. I mean, I, I played college tennis, so I understood what the role was, but, but I didn't understand everything about it. And, and luckily, when I came in, it was not the blind leading the blind. Uh, you know, he, he had great experience. He'd been doing it for 10 or 12 years prior. Um, and, and I came in asking a million questions. I probably drove him up the wall. Uh, but you know, he had, a, he had pretty much had an answer for, for every question. And so I've learned a lot from him in, in this profession and I'm extremely grateful and thankful for that. And, and the relationship that we've had that he's talked about has, has been, um, invaluable. So, yeah. uh, I would say those three right there. Yeah. Well, Hayden, I know you've got to go to the airport soon, so um, I do want, I do want um, to give you all the opportunity, though, if there's anything you'd like to promote or talk about or give me shout-outs, um, this is your time to talk, so anything you'd like to say? Yeah, I'll let Ryan go first. Thanks. Okay. Uh, oh, man, I don't, you know, I don't have, I don't have a whole lot. We're looking forward to, um, to our season. You know, I think we've got a, a new facility coming that we're super excited about. It's going to be... Uh, one of the best in the entire country. Uh, I think a 24 outdoor court, 12 indoor court. Um, and we're just super excited about that. It's going to be, you know, a couple blocks off campus. Um, so our, I know our team's really excited. We want to have a lot of fans out. So if there's any Memphis folks uh, listening, then, um, you know, we just want to build that relationship with the community and have, have folks out and supporting us. And so we can't wait for that facility to be completed. So. Hayden? Awesome. Yeah, I think, yeah, no problem. I think, you know, I think first I'd say just extremely thankful to, you know, our administration in this, in this tough time, uh, the support that we're getting from our administration, you know, during some difficult decisions, uh, you know, anywhere from, from budget issues to, you know, supporting us as we face this pandemic. And I just really appreciate the, the people that we work for and work with on a daily basis. They're, they're doing a great job right now handling things and their leadership is, has been important. Um, excited also for the facility, like Ryan mentioned, that's that's coming along, and and uh, we can't wait to see, you know, when that's a, a finished product. So I'm super excited about that. And then lastly, you know, um, I hope this is the right place to do it, but uh, just a shout out to our our boosters and the people that support our program. You know, we're a mid major that we rely on uh, on our booster program to help us out, and in particular, there's a local businessman I'm sure you know, Claire uh, Mark Goodfellow is uh, just a great supporter of our program, a tennis player and a local businessman who, who really supports us in everything that we do. And so we appreciate Mark and, and all the others out there. Mark's the only one I'm naming by name today, but uh, there's others out there at this time. And, and so uh, I appreciate you having us on the show today. We really, really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. It was really great to learn about you all and talk with you all. And so thanks again. And to our viewers and listeners, thank you all for tuning in. We are on social, so find us on YouTube, Facebook, all, all those. Um, and I hope everybody has a great day. We'll talk to you all later. Thanks, Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.